0: Hi and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability. I'm Mike and I am here with Nick. That is me. I'm here, brother. How are you? Like my dramatic pause, it really made it much
1: better. On this end, that pause took approximately 1.75 seconds. So for the drama, you might want to push it a little further.
0: (laughs) What I need to have is like a different kind of nickname for you for every introduction. Okay. (laughs) Try (laughs) it. Let's see what happens. You're just good with it. It doesn't matter what it is, huh?
1: Okay, well, to be fair, though, I mean, yeah, I am, because of the two of us, you are far more easy to embarrass, and I guarantee that I can roll with the punches faster than you can throw them, so bring it, old man.
0: That is absolutely true. I am definitely much more easy to embarrass, and you are definitely much more quick-witted.
1: I don't know about quick-witted, but I'll
0: take it. (laughs) So, how the heck have things been? I feel like we haven't talked in forever busy i've been very busy
1: i have been well catering as you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i have been building a website for myself So I really haven't put much time into it for a while. So I've been kind of tinkering with it the last week or so, about 20, 30 minutes a day. But it'll be a central hub, kind of has everything that I do, whether it be social media stuff, which I include, you know, TikTok, YouTube, all that stuff. We're on it and this and stuff like that. The only part of it that's not really going to be relevant is the catering because catering is kind of its own monster and this is just something where i can just update anyone that does pay attention to what we do or anything else in my life in one place i can have everything so it's it's been fun i had the other night i uh was typing and I fell asleep and I don't know what I I don't honestly know what button I I pushed when I went blank but I woke up and like everything I had done that day was gone so I had to go into Wix's uh their log where they have previous versions that you've published and I had to go back and I had hit a bunch of stuff I had like six versions that I had published of nothingness when I was sleeping so I had to go back for like two or three days from the 15th and restore it and then start over.
0: Well, oh, it's good fun. I know that it can be a little challenging. I've been messing around with the websites myself. So you have one just for you. So you'll have to release that and we to put it in the in the, the bio of this show or one of the upcoming shows.
1: Uh I'd appreciate that. It's real simple. It's nicknazarian.com. I know I got super creative with it. But I just wanted kind of something kind of simple and to be honest. It's really frustrating to really put time and effort into creating like a really fun name, something that's witty and it's intelligent and it's quirky, and you're really proud of it, just to find out that the .com or the .gov or the .biz isn't available, and they give you like 50 different versions of it that are not at all what you wanted. I went through the same thing when I put that whole only pants debacle. I was heartbroken, so <laughs> I just did nicknazarian.com. Very simple, easy peasy. And while I normally never condone the idea of naming something after myself. I am arrogant enough to build my own website. So why not?
0: So we'll add it to the podcast site also, because that's where we're starting to accumulate some of that stuff. Since you have gotten me doing some of this social (laughs) media attempts now I don't have the best of feedback. Some people think some of it's funny. I've got you know nieces saying I'm not very funny. I can be very boring. So we'll see how it goes. But trying to put out a few more things, it does help having a massive sunflower. People like the updates of the super huge sunflower in the backyard. But that little spot, that hub for the podcast will be a good place where we can have all of our links for every piece of social media we're doing right now
1: yeah no i i completely agree so i i'm excited about it and i i too am a big fan of the sunflower update i've been putting one together i uh, actually i had it done but i wasn't happy with the music uh, i'm gonna put together about a 10 second video for you on TikTok as soon as I get the right music for it because for yeah, right, me it's full it's of the sunflower thing i just really like it so
0: <laughs> okay. um i didn't know if we were gonna start doing that vlog thing back and forth
1: you know I'm down. I think it's a wonderful idea. And I'd be happy to do it. The only problem I have with it is like every time I pick my phone up lately to do a TikTok or to do any type of social media, I don't know what to say. And the last thing I want to do is release a video of me talking but saying nothing. So I haven't really like had any inspiration, but I'm I'm definitely down. I I love that kind of stuff.
0: Sounds like fun. <clears throat> and I'm learning as I go. Like, like you, you know, I got a son over here going, no, you got to have these little pop-ups and do all this stuff. And I don't really know how to do it. I'm just producing something and sticking it out there until I learn more.
1: Well, keep in mind that your son, as well as my sons, watch YouTube and they watch these websites. And most of the people they watch, how do I word this? Do it as a profession. It's their livelihood. These YouTubers and these streamers, these content creators are running like a pretty high-end operation to pretend to be real on social media. And so my kids watch these these people and I can't think of the name of them right now. I don't want to plug them anyways because they're not entertaining, but they're ridiculous. And and the videos they produce are just out of this world, just outlandishly stupid. My kids love them. They think it's real life. It's nothing about that is real life. Like it's insane. They spent thousands of dollars to make you think that's a real life. So I think if you just keep going forward and and just just be yourself, you know, you put out the stuff you think, you know, you want to say and you think maybe people could use to hear it,
0: that's the way to go. Well, I think it's just for me, it's just additional content and sustainability stuff. Be able to go back and have discussions about things and get some more comments or maybe someone finds us there and goes over to the podcast, whatever it happens to be. It's really what it is for me. When I see something, I'll make a quick video. Trust me, I'm not doing a whole lot of editing. I'm just making it, throwing the website on there and uploading. So it is what it is, and I have a good time. Uh, I haven't done one in a a day or two, but I'll have one probably coming up here shortly. But I need to at least do the ones like I did before, tell everybody we have a, a show coming out each week.
1: Yeah. I think that that would be helpful. And I think that I probably should do that too. Just, you know, that probably wouldn't be a bad idea. (laughs) Just a little shameless self-plug, you know, Hey, you know, this is Nick. We have a video coming out, blah, blah, blah. Links in the description. And I I don't think I've ever done that. Not one time.
0: (laughs) Well, the whole idea is that we take all these different projects and push them all into one spot so that if someone does enjoy any, any portion of you know, your, your videos, the silliness, they can find the rest of the things that you're doing and really just be able to see more Nick. And I, I don't know why anybody wouldn't want that. Well, you know,
1: I could think of a number of reasons, but uh, I, I don't really know if they want to see more me or if they want to see me a, be a moron. I have no idea. I just, I like to make content and I like to be goofy. I like to have fun. I like to tell really dry dad jokes. I think they're hilarious. And if people like that that's great and if they don't that's okay too. I'm not for everybody.
0: Yeah, that's I mean my wife says that about me every once in a while too. So I think that's pretty universal. So yeah, anyways, I, I guess we should probably do a show.
1: Yeah, we should cuz I do have to work today and you got 550 million things to do.
0: Yeah, it's kind of how that works in our day all of a sudden. So this week I want to talk about non-motorized transit and the importance of it in a town or city because i think a lot of times people see changes in towns or see changes in cities and they don't know why all they know is there's a roundabout over there and it makes me mad you know they don't they don't think about the safety factor of it they don't think about the design is going from from a car centric to a person centric or like the citizen centric idea and non-motorized transit, I think that actually expands now with the uh, the electric bikes and scooters. So maybe non-motorized is a bad term, but this other way of moving throughout your community. And that's what I want to talk about today. Non-motorized in most cases is generally just walking, bicycling, skate, skateboards, scooters, you know, things of that nature, things without a motor. But I think it's an outdated concept. I think the electric motor should be added into this non-motorized transit. So it should be more, you know, non-internal combustion <laughs> motor transit because you're going to see more and more electric scooters, more and more electric bikes, which really increase your mobility.
1: I agree. Someone that you know, although you probably haven't seen him in roughly 20 years. Do you remember dad's friend, Jeff Sloan? Yeah, he just He just bought an electric bike. You know, he's getting up there in age and he's been trying to bike more to lose some weight, but he couldn't take the uh the impact on his knees and ankles from an actual bicycle. Mm -hmm. So he got an electric bike and he has it set in one of the settings where it just it just produces or uses enough power with the electric motor to take the the I think like eighty or ninety percent of the inertia you have to break off. Like, you know what I mean, to get that momentum going. Mm -hmm. Essentially just it's like an elliptical, it just makes it easier and less impactful on his knees and stuff but he said he loves he says he's biked like 25 miles on it already and he loves it
0: well and i think as those come out and become more affordable we're going to see them all over the place because what what that does on electric bikes is take you from riding across town to riding to the next town Mm -hmm. that your that your mobility expands dramatically because as you pedal you're charging And as it works to help you, it's, you know, it it discharges to help you, but it allows you to go more places in an easier fashion. And you're not in a vehicle, you're not causing traffic, you don't have the emissions, that kind of stuff. The whole concept of non-motorized transit or non-vehicle transit is to minimize the amount of traffic on the road, create a much homier, nicer environment. Because I do believe that when people are walking and cycling, And not driving and there's not a bunch of cars going back and forth. I do believe it's a nicer environment to be in.
1: I agree. I mean, so I know it's so hard in today's day and age with everyone using a vehicle as their primary source of transportation, but it's also because a lot of, and I've talked about this a lot, a lot of small communities no longer have the things they would need to stay within themselves. Not that I don't want people to be social, but very few towns have local butchers and local flower shops and all these little things that they go to these big box stores for. The big box stores are usually closer to like an interstate or a national you know, road where it's heavily trafficked. It's you know, wow, heavily traversed. My Lord have mercy. Words are not my friends. My words are as friendly as your camera right now. But I think over time, if if the the small motorized transportation, the electric bikes, scooters, or the non-motorized ones like regular bikes and skateboards, and anything it takes you from point A to point B that gets you outside in nature, if that becomes a little more you know people-friendly, wallet-friendly, social-centric, as I call it, I would like to see it continue to grow. I would like to see towns become towns again, and you could walk down the road and run into your neighbor and have a nice chat, or go just go to the park and, and enjoy the day instead of, you know, standing at the crosswalk for three minutes just to run across the road because this vehicle is going to make you into a big, messy, gooey pile of splat.
0: I, and I think if people stop and think about it, it is a kinder environment. It's a nicer environment. You think of the busiest street for us, it's uh, East Lansing Road. Crossing that is a challenge. doesn't really really matter what time of the day it is, but downtown, When it's slower down here and there's less cars moving around, it really does make it more homey. It's when we have large events that happen downtown and everybody wants to drive that it becomes congested and difficult to move through. That is why building the city or structure for non-motorized transit creates a tremendous amount of value. And it's not like we're making this up. This is not a new thing that the United States is thinking about leading in. is almost never going to happen. We are a car centric country. Everybody been conditioned to love the car, mm-hmm. but we are starting to see structure changes in how we do things in our cities that match a lot of places over in Europe because it works. Europe has a lot less land <laughs> and a lot and quite a bit of people jammed into small areas. Japan same thing, where they're making these changes where there is more mobility in other ways beyond the vehicle, because if everybody had a vehicle, it would just be gridlocked constantly. And that's the route we're headed towards right now. If we don't start making these changes within the cities, we already see it in our major cities.
1: Well, yeah, I agree with that. But also people need a consideration with with the major cities. that There's there's just no room for the vehicles. And like when I lived in Chicago, you could rent an apartment pretty reasonably, but to rent the parking space for your vehicle was two to three times the cost of the home. So it just—I think that the, all the communities are going to be um, more benefited, or greatly benefited, or greatly affected from from the reduction of the motor vehicle use. I'm struggling to get the right words together, Michael. I just—they're not coming today
0: because we're—it's because we're bouncing from job to job to job today, and sometimes switching gears can be a little challenging. Much like you said, my camera. Which, by the way, the reason why you're saying that is I keep—I'm actually recording from my phone for the first time and I'm trying to set it up and it keeps sliding over and moving and as soon as I set it, I did it again. <laughs> so <laughs> we are welcome to our dumpster fire today, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we are definitely hot to trot, that's for sure. Hey, we can't always be on the A game. And apparently sometimes even on the B game.
1: Yeah, I'm a C student right now. I'm I'm my brain's in 40 places
0: and it's like on the borderline of being fried. Okay, so getting back to the show. The the reason why you're seeing cities make these changes is because when, when towns or cities create gridlock, or you, if you ever had a road you just don't want to go to because it's always so busy, I'm not even going to bother going to the store that's on that road because I'll never get back out of the store. You know, those kinds of situations. It, yeah. kills, it cripples business. Once they're, everybody's in their own separate car, they're soaking up all the parking, they're driving up and down the road, cars are idling all over the place, the town actually starts to stink because it's all exhaust fumes on a regular basis, and people don't go into the businesses. It is proven time and time again, if you can get someone out of a vehicle and walking through a town, they'll stop at more places. They'll be comfortable enough to go into more than one shop. Where when you drive somewhere, you're going to a destination, you get done with that destination, you get back in your car and you drive again. Mm -hmm. So not only building these cities based on cars has created this congestion, this stressful environment, because I do believe it's a stressful environment sitting in traffic or stuck at a light or in Duran, a train, but it is also unhealthy you know, we're sitting in these vehicles, we have all these fumes. If we walk from place to place, you and I talked about this before, we used to record just down the street, just the simple act of walking down there was healthier. So not only is it better for the city for having people out of their vehicles because they will shop within their town or city, but it's also healthier for the resident to be able to walk down, bike down. Meanwhile, it's stre- It's generally stress-free.
1: It It's stress-free, but it also, makes you stop and, and take in the scenery and makes you kind of pay attention to things you take for granted. And when I say take for granted, I don't necessarily mean that you're doing something bad. There's lots of things you just, you know, you get so used to that you stop paying attention to. And your, your own town is one of them. You know, you always go the same way. You take the same roads. You take the same routes. And like that might only change if you want to stop for a bite to eat or drink. But you get used to saying all this seeing all the same things. And that essentially is taking it for granted. You could disagree with me on the terminology, but i mean it is what it is if you walk it or you know maybe go for a bike ride one day you're gonna take time to smell the roses i can't get away from cliches the only words that are coming out have been coming out in hallmarks since
0: 1324. <sighs> well if you're driving through you're concerned about finding parking you're concerned about getting there and getting out if you're riding a bike or walking you're kind of embracing your environment and your surroundings so mm-hmm. you start passing these mom and pop shops and you're actually seeing what's in the window instead of looking for parking spaces mm-hmm. i agree and, with that and it completely changes the experience of the citizen and that is why if your town or city is, is starting to make some of these what you would think are weird changes they're probably changes little pieces of changes to make the city more person-centric and less car-centric
1: well i mean yeah anyone that that would have a a lick of i don't know how to word this big surprise Anyone that's in charge of, you know, planning a city on the planning board and city councils are going to want more people in their city. They're going to want people walking downtown, enjoying themselves, spending money at local vendors, keeping the city's economy thriving. They're going to want that. And is it wrong to drive a car in the city? No, of course not. No one's saying that it is, but you're going to want people spending time downtown because, you know, like it or not, businesses downtown provide a good tax base that goes for services the city needs. Do you oh, like having depending. a DPW? I mean, do you right. like having, you know, can, can your city afford a fire department, a, a police department? Like, you, well, you need a thriving downtown to help support that stuff. The infrastructure is important.
0: It is. Yeah. And it, depending on your town, like we have two different areas for tax base we have a commercial, corporate side of town, and then we have that small, softer, mom and pop, almost a relaxing side of town. And that's where you're going to see more of those changes made. On top of the fact that now being able to build an infrastructure over your city that is non-motorized transit-based brings people who couldn't necessarily always make it to town. You know, there are some people that don't have a car. And when you're in a built environment purely for cars, you don't get to go very far. Where, for example, we have... I think it's kind of an assisted living, but it's a first level assisted living where people come and go on a constant basis uh, at Sycamore House downtown. Well, for, for those residents to walk downtown, they either need to be in pretty good shape um, or they need to just take a car because we do not have the the structure set yet. There isn't benches and shade and water along a walk route. That would help an older citizen get further into town without having a vehicle. That's where these non-motorized transit uh, opportunities come from. It's not just adding a walk lane or adding a bike lane, it's also the amenities that allow you to go from point A to point B, those benches and stuff like that. And that's one of those things that we, at least here in Duran, are kind of starting to work on. You know, it's one of those, you got to have rest and you got to have shade. Now we're still kind of working on the water thing. I think that is just as important, uh, but that hasn't been seen as important for some so some of the leadership. So right now you're seeing rocking chairs in front of the businesses, benches being put in, especially in in straight line locations to facilities like that. Because once you do that, you're opening a whole new customer base. When you can't leave your house, your goods have to come to you. Well the world has pretty much designated Amazon as their delivery service. So (laughs) yeah, but if you've got a day and you would like to go to the grocery store and we give you a safe option and a safe route, you'll take it. You'll go to that grocery store. You'll spend your money right here in town. And that is why I'm on this kick on this no, non-motorized transit and there's a million other reasons health benefits the healthcare cost of your community there's a ton of other stuff mm-hmm. but the biggest part is is just creating inclusion for the rest of your citizens who are maybe 400 yards away from downtown but still have to order on Amazon
1: well, yeah, I mean, you got to figure like 400 yards is what, 1,200 feet? So that's just under a quarter of a mile. doesn't mm-hmm. seem like it's a tremendous amount of space, but if you're not able to, you know, comfortably or easily walk that distance in a way to get down there, well, even with taking multiple steps, it's it's a mountain. You know, it's not like really, it's it's insurmountable.
0: Right. And like I, I alluded to earlier, this is not a new concept. And in, in Europe, I experienced closed cities. That is, at, I think it was like 9 or 10 o'clock. They close the city, to vehicles, and I was in Turin, Italy, and they have Mm -hmm. these cement pillars in the ground that just come up and block the road. And only after, I think after five o'clock, basically business hours are over. They go back down and and vehicles are allowed back into the city. But during that busy time that apparently at some point just turned into gridlock and kind of ruined the feel of the town because it was a gorgeous town. You could walk anywhere. Mm-hmm. They decided no more cars. And they're not the only ones. There's there's a couple of cities in Switzerland or Belgium. Even the island of uh, Hydra in Greece is not allowed to have vehicles. Kind of like how we have Mackinac Island and there's no motor vehicles allowed on the island. Mm-hmm.
1: Outside of, a, you know, service vehicles and you know things you need structured police officers that kind of stuff and really it's not even police officers i'm pretty sure it's just like fire trucks and that's it i don't know what else there'd be i I seen a cement truck on there one time but that's like it
0: yeah i mean i've seen mowers and stuff like that but i mean there is no standard driving happening there people are either on horseback or they're walking or they're riding a bike and that is about
1: it Mm mm-hmm Oh, there's tons of walking, and it's really it's a fun place. And those kinds of places are fun to me be because you know everyone is out there. You're you're getting exercise. You're having a good day. It's enjoyable, and it, to be honest, it's it's a slower pace. I mean, at least with Mackinac, it's a tourist trap, so there's going to be tons of people there. But like you go into some of the like the local joints, not the ones that are on the main road, but the ones that are deeper on the island. You know, eat the eat at the places that the people that live there year round eat at. It's really cool. It's a cute. It's a cool community. I like
0: it. So we're seeing more and more cities kind of block off the the access to motor vehicles. It's not like it's uncommon. The things that we're seeing, and I say this because I was in a shop in the last couple of weeks, and people are like, oh, I hate, you know, did you see that another roundabout popped up? Oh, my God. And they're just very negative, very upset, not understanding the purpose, not understanding the reasoning of why these changes are being made. All they want is wider roads and more parking. Well,
1: roundabouts, um, for those of us that live in, in the country, you don't see a whole lot of them, but they're popping up more and more traffic circles or whatever you want to call them. And I can honestly say now that I've gotten used to them, they make driving a lot simpler because they don't force you to sit there and wait for your turn at a light they don't force you to wait through cycles and cycles of other people like you just go in yield if you need to go in and keep going on your way it makes driving a lot easier in my opinion now everyone could disagree with me but i didn't think it would be enjoyable i'd seen it as a burden as you know an automotive driver and once i've got used to it though it's a lot simpler i like it personally
0: well and so you know, for anybody who's listening outside the country we are primarily a four-way stop community <laughs> you know you yes have, and what happens in this is you have to anticipate when each of the four of you have stopped because quite often four of you will pull up to that stop sign at the same time mm-hmm. and then it becomes this mental game of who's next and sometimes no one goes we all just sit there and stare at each other being extra polite and everybody doesn't go until someone gets mad and takes off just as someone else gets mad and takes off and then they have to slam on their brakes and point at each other to you go all of that is avoided. (laughs) It's completely uh, it's a non existent issue on top of the emissions and the wear and tear on a vehicle and all these other pieces that come across from a stop sign that you don't get with a traffic circle that you know so the the point is still stands see that the traffic circle is a traffic calming mechanism for vehicles mm-hmm. now it does have some benefits to non-motorized transit the walkways that go around it people are much more aware when you get to a traffic circle because it has a certain movement to it you're very aware of your surroundings unlike quite often a stop sign that people realize that they were supposed to stop three blocks back so if you have people walking or riding bikes around it it's even a safer environment then because you're already slowing down and becoming alert Mm i agree yeah we've always seen things like you know buses being mass transportation is a big deal in cities and you always see one bus versus 60 cars but think about this stuff on the other side All these cities that are primarily biking, and there is a lot of them all over the world where there's all these bikes, each one of those in the US is a car and it clogs up all of our infrastructure. It is actually bad for the local economy because of it, although it's good for the national economy because you're constantly buying cars, you're constantly paying high-end car insurance, you're constantly using as much fuel as humanly possible. And you're constantly paying for repairs. So your money is going into the economy. I would just say it's in a less entertaining fashion.
1: Well, it, I don't think that um, I'm going to get a lot of hate for this. I don't really care about the national economy. Mm-hmm. Car insurance is a scam. The law that enforces you to have it is a bigger scam. In my head, any world where I'm not obese and I'm in, you know in good shape and healthy, it would be kind of cool to if you worked in, a small town and you lived a mile outside the town, it'd be cool to go to work every day on a bike. It would be in the warm weather, the nice weather. Why not? I'll tell you why not. Because if you take six months off of your insurance and just so you could ride a bike to work, when you go to get insurance again, they're going to say you have an insurance for 30 days. So you're in the the high risk category. So you have to pay the highest rates. We can charge you a scam.
0: All right. Well, and that's why you're going to see people just getting rid of cars as cities densify and people move in, closer to where they want to be with gas prices being high and all these things you're starting to see that people wanting to live close to where they work or working from home and only going to town for the things they want they don't necessarily have to have a car you know i mean if it wasn't for me being me and all the things hi this is mike co-host of realistic sustainability the podcast which you probably already know, but I'm also the author of A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life. That was the book that led to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, and, well, even this show. It offers tips on promoting your positive footprint while decreasing your carbon footprint. So, if you want to read what started all of this, get A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life, available on Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or just visit greeningyourlife.org for more information. Thank you for joining the sustainable movement and promoting a greener future.